0: If you don't know it, you know it now. My title is Comfort Has a Purpose. Comfort has a purpose. Amen. But that's not easy, is it? I know it's not easy for me. And the big idea, I love my pastor, and I mean that. He's my pastor. I'm not just saying that. Because he, through his, through his anointing, through his life, he has reminded me to be prepared, to be diligent. And the first time I heard him say that, I said, man, I remember learning that in school, and I stopped doing that. The big idea. God's desire to comfort you so you can comfort others. God's desire to comfort you so you can comfort others. I see that a lot at Solid Rock. I really do, and I'm not just saying that. Those of you know that my awesome son Judah, he has a cold right now. We we felt like it was best so for them to stay home. But he was diagnosed with pneumonia on December the 23rd. And on Christmas day, he finally, he was allowed to go back home with mom and daddy Christmas afternoon. So it was tough. It was much harder on mom and daddy than than Judah. (laughs) Judah had a blast. (laughs) He had a blast. But the thing that really ministered to us was the comfort that you all shared with us by visiting by your gifts and by your prayers so if you don't mind if you can turn to second corinthians chapter one verse three through eleven amen everyone ready Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Verse 6. If we are distressed it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer, verse 7. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be Verse 10, he, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. God bless his wonderful, awesome word. Amen. 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 This passage gives us a brilliant statement about both divine comfort and divine deliverance. Divine comfort and divine deliverance. See, there's a lot of practical insight in this passage. A lot of it. A lot. And we're going to share a few. I promise you, you will be back home or wherever you're going for the Super Bowl. Who's going for the Patriots fan? I know Anthony is. Absolutely. (laughs) Amen. Who's going for the Rams? All right. Who really doesn't care? Okay, that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. First, we see that even the most devout of God's people can become discouraged. That's very important. That is very important. For years, I struggled with that. I felt like, hey, I'm a child of the king. I can't get weary. I cannot get anxious. And then when I felt that way, I better not say anything. I better not say anything. How you do? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored to the most high. I memorized that. Dangerous, though. Very dangerous. Because God cannot get to your heart if it's not pure, if it's not sincere. See, Paul had experienced outstanding success in his ministry in Ephesus. Outstanding. But that was followed by a time of great pain. Great pain. Since Paul doesn't give us a whole lot of details, there has been much speculation among scholars as to the nature of the trouble. Theories range from a severe illness to violent persecution or to Paul's reaction to the criticism from the Corinthians. However, Paul did state That its effect on him caused him to feel that this is the end. This is the end. He was so completely overwhelmed by this problem. How many of you all, and you may feel that way right now, you feel a little overwhelmed? Absolutely. And it's okay. It's okay if you channel it to the right person, to him. So you may feel a little overwhelmed by this problem, and he did too, to the point where he compared it to, the, to experiencing of death. That's pretty serious, to death. You see, when, when I read about my man Paul and his trials, it makes me wonder about those throughout the years, and yes, even the present, who suggest that believers who are trying to live within the will of God, won't have trouble. There's some theology about that. They have somehow been misguided that in Christ's death on the cross, provision was not only made for the forgiveness of sin, but for health, wealth, and undisturbed happiness. Man, I know of teachers, people in general, even myself, That at one time that I believe that if you end a prayer that says not my will, but your will be done. You were not exercising faith, real faith. Majority of individuals that believe that way has come to a conclusion that it was God's will for every Christian to be healthy, wealthy and happy. However, my man, Paul's approach to his troubles was not to try to develop a theology that, den- that denied the reality of suffering for the believer. Rather, he wants his readers to set their theology in the context of Christ's suffering and Christ's consolation. He does not try to send us on a guilt trip. I'm going to say that again. He does not try to send us on a guilt trip. He took care of that over 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Lord. But tries to help us understand and embrace how what we may be suffering is related to Christ's suffering. While Paul never intended to teach the suffering of Christians ha- had any atoning quality, he did feel that believers share the kind of experiences Christ had. Yes. You see, we live in the same kind of world in which he lived and face the same forces of evil he faced. And if we are faithful, not perfect, we will get the same reaction he received. This is a truth that is easy for us to accept intellectually. However, on the emotional level, we are still surprised when trouble comes. I don't know if the shoe fits, but if it does, say amen. We, we wonder what we have done wrong. Hmm. We, 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 we wonder what God is trying to say to us, and we have doubts about our relationship with him. However, all who share in Christ's trials can also tap the resources of comfort That were his. See in verse 3 and 4 of this passage, Paul reminds all of us that true comfort is divine. Everybody say this true comfort is divine. Amen. He uses the word for comfort. Which is also used for the Holy Spirit. And it means one who stands alongside and helps. One who stands alongside and helps. Oh, Lord, I need your wisdom. One who stands alongside and helps. Oh, Lord, I'm believing for a miracle in my finances. One who stands alongside and helps. Oh, Lord, I've been misunderstood. One who stands alongside and helps. Oh, Lord, I need a job that will sustain my family. One who stands alongside and helps. Oh, Lord, I'm struggling in this school. One who stands alongside and helps. You see, very often I have experienced this God sent comfort in my own life it comes in different ways different ways sometimes i read the scriptures many times when i am troubled i find a quiet place in the midst of all the chaos and read the psalms oh i love the Psalms. you may ask why Why do I love the song? So many of the songs are written when the writer was experiencing stress, anxiety, despair. I remember just recently when I was feeling especially low. Yes, I still feel that way. Pastor, do you feel that way sometimes, sir? Absolutely. I find myself turning to Psalms 107, and I will love for us to talk about that, but we really, we will be watching the game here, okay? So I encourage you all to go back home and to do just a study of that. I found words of thanksgiving to God for great acts of deliverance. In between the Psalms introduction and conclusion, there is the story of four different people Who came to the end of their rope. In terms of spiritual resources. In each case. They cried out to the Lord. In their trouble. And he delivered them. Out of their distresses. Check that out. 107 verse 6. 13, 19 and 28. At other times. Comfort comes from God. Through one of his children. In addition. This may not come through words spoken but through a person's presence or expressed concern. It reminds me, in 2007, my mom had passed away. Mom had uh, Alzheimer's for over 18 years. So we knew it was coming, but I tell you what, I no longer believe in that statement. Well, if, if you know it's coming, it's gonna make it easy. No, it's still hard, devastating. And I remember had countless people coming to the house, sharing their sympathy and, and that they were there and things of that nature, it was great. Received some phone calls. Awesome. Great food. A lot of fried chicken. Cooked gracious. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) Like, thank you, but this is enough. But there was one person, besides my awesome wife, that God used one who stands, belongs, who helps. One person. And he wasn't a particular... I wouldn't say he was... what, what many so would call a strong Christian, but he was sensitive to the situation. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, that's his name. His complete name is Joseph, I believe, but Uncle Joe. And Uncle Joe was right there. Uncle Joe didn't say a whole lot, guys. He didn't say anything. But his presence... I knew he was engaged of what was in front of him, and that was his nephew. And he knew how I felt because his mother died, which was my grandmother. And he was always there at the right time. Didn't say much. That was over 10 years ago, and I still remember that. And I remember we were at the gravesite, and I remember... Everybody was leaving because it's a business, and, and they had to take care of other so customers, so so to speak. And the gentleman had said, sir, you can stay, but um, we have to get to work here and take care of your mother. And I remember my sister-in-law, from the limousine, said, Scott, you're coming. And I didn't want to go, I really didn't. Did not want to go at that time. But I knew I had no choice, because we didn't have a vehicle. And I remember my uncle, right before all that happened, my uncle, he just, whew, he, I still remember, he, he, he just put his hands, his arms around me, and he says, I knew that you were gonna be here. And I remember right after that, that's when the gentleman stated what I just said. And I just leaned over. i never forget it, as long as I live. I said, do you have room? Uncle Joe he was the voice of God that day. All he said was this. We'll make room. We'll make room. We will make room. He didn't get into this long conversation, well, I have to, uh, your aunt has to come in, your, your, your cousins have, to no. We will make room. We will make room. You need to just allow yourself to be comfort. Allow yourself to be still. We will make room. That's what the Lord is saying to us right now. Hey, I got you. God got you. Don't worry about the distractions. There's enough room for you. That car was packed. It was packed, but it wasn't an issue. Because just like Uncle had time for me, God has time for us always. Always. But the issue is we have to position ourselves and let him do it. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. We also get a clue here to the truth that even as we receive comfort from God, we are to share that comfort with others. I tell my soldiers many times what you what you are going through is not for you it's for others so go through it don't try to get around it but go through it don't try to do it the cheap way go through it amen paul reminded his readers that one of god's ultimate purpose purposes as he encourages us is he who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from god verse four i do not subscribe and i want to say this because it's very important to the notion that in order to really to identify with what a person is going through we have we have to experience it ourselves i don't please understand that absolutely not however I do know that there is a special ability to bring comfort to another when we have walked down that road ourselves. Amen. Amen. But again, we have to allow God to take us through so we can take someone else through. And so when they celebrate, we can celebrate because we've been part of that journey. Amen. Last but not least, Paul reminds his readers that the, comfort, that, that, that the God who comforts can also deliver. God who comforts can also deliver. Paul knew what it was to be stripped of all confidence in his own strength. You see, he stated. That in our difficult times, we learn that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. Verse 9. He sticks with the analogy of death and identifies the God he is talking about as the one who raises the dead. Verse 9 again. Here he is referring to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But he suggests that the same God who could raise Christ from the dead could resurrect him as well. From his sentence of death. You see, there are many different kinds of death besides physical death, and every and and everywhere that there is death, the living Christ comes to create life. You see, Paul is awesome. I, I love how he gives you pictures. This is a marvelous analogy and a beautiful picture of the Spirit's ministry to us in our times of trouble and extreme discouragement. Paul's trouble was like Calvary and God's rescue was like Easter Sunday morning. Now, I'll be the first one to know, while I do not know the exact details of Paul's troubles, trouble and how God delivered him. I do know enough about God's help to identify personally with Paul's experience. You see, about two, three weeks ago, I was reminded of God's courage and God's comfort to me, I should say, God's comfort to me that gave me courage. Now, as you know, I've You know, so the first time I was transparent, and this time I've been real and transparent. What you're looking at now, I have not always been that way. I was raised in the church, loved God and all that, but I only went to a certain level. As I said before, and I meant that, is I had a hard time. To going to God for everything, I had a hard time being transparent because, see, I was taught that hey, it's certain things that if you've done wrong, that's your ticket to hell. Absolutely. So I was very careful about hiding things, hiding, hiding some deep secrets of of my, I guess you could say, my limitations that makes sense so four weeks ago i received a gift and this gift came from a soldier papa chaplain papa chaplain it's interesting and i'm a delayed reaction guy i get something and i love it and i love this but i started thinking about the story brother See, this would not have come about if I kept that same attitude about I will go to God for certain things, but not for everything. See what I'm saying? See, in 2007, boy, I was hurting. I was hurting beyond hurt. And out of respect, so for my family, I'm not going to get into all the details. But I was hurting deeply. And I remember it was to the point where I didn't know what to do. All I could say is, Lord, I need you more than life itself. I need you more than life itself. Because if you can't do it, no one can. And I remember I was dying. And some of you all may know what I'm talking about. It wasn't a physical death, got it. But I was dying a worse death. And it was an emotional death. It was an emotional day. I didn't know who I could trust anymore. I didn't know who I could trust anymore. But my God. But my Lord. But my Savior. Because then I realized through this journey, because it didn't happen overnight. (laughs) But through this journey, one who stands beside you when you are in your despair, and God brings other people to help and to encourage you. Because I, I, I started to understand. See, I didn't understand that, that, that quote I said a few minutes ago about, hey, he takes us through things so we can help others. It's not for it's not. It wasn't for Scott. It's, it was for others. You see what I'm saying? This young lady. Papa Chaplin. She called me Papa Chaplin because I've been there for her. I can feel her pain. I can just listen to her. I can be present for her. But I would not have been able to do that if I didn't let him. If I didn't let him. Please close your eyes. And, and worship team, if you don't mind, if you can come on up. See, even as I struck bottom and seriously questioned my ability to manage my life, I began to experience a wonderful sense of God's presence and peace, His purpose, all rolled up in one called comfort. So, as the worship team is playing, I just want the Holy Spirit to continue to have its way here. How many of you all has, have a testimony because you understand in your life that there have been experiences so much pain loss grief and even betrayal and somehow in some way the comforter has come (laughs) how many of you all can testify and say you know what chap you know what scott i can identify with that i needed to be reminded that God has never left me nor has he forsaken me. I needed to be reminded that maybe I I don't have a job at this time. But God has provided over and over and over again. He's my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Seriously. I remember... When my mom was in that hospital bed. And the family and my dad had decided to give her a feeding tube. And I remember I was getting all spiritual. I was getting all upset with dad. He's he's still trying to do his own thing realize now that wasn't my place but I remember after school I was in school and I I went to the hospital because mom and I had this this amazing relationship that in my mind is unknown to man it was just incredible it was a spiritual relationship that was beyond words and I remember (laughs) going to that hospital And I was going to break the news because when unless you you really are spiritually connected, and I happen to be, by the grace of God, you really think that 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 person that is ailing in this sickness, they cannot understand you. But I knew that she could. And I remember saying, and I nicknamed her baby. I said, baby, you're going to get a feeding tube. And, I, whoo, and I'll never forget this. I started breaking down and cry. I mean, I just cried like a baby. Because I felt like that was the end. Sir, I felt like that was the end. I felt like this was too much on my mom. And this is just ridiculous. And my mom, my mom talked through her eyes her last seven years. Through her eyes. And my mom looked at me. And she had a peace like I've never seen before. And what my mom said through her eyes, she says, baby, why are you crying? I'm at a good place. Death has no sting over me, baby. Baby, in the year of 2000, baby, the day before Mother's Day, you remember you washed my feet? You washed my feet and you asked For all of the kids to forgive, to forgive us, and we forgive you, you remember that? Well, son, that was the day I moved forward. That was the day that I allowed God to come into my life completely. That was the day that I trust God totally so they can do whatever they want to do. But I'm okay, baby. I am okay. I am okay. Man cannot do anything that God does not allow. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And I tell people, they don't quite understand it, and that's okay. My mom lived for, I think she was, my mom had changed her age a lot. But she was about 76 or 77, so when mom died, her last seven years was her greatest years on Earth. Why? Because she allowed the comforter to comfort her. She allowed the comfort, the comforter to comfort her. Amen. Amen. So I just want us to take some time and just allow God to comfort us. Allow God to comfort us because we don't know what he has in store for us tomorrow. But if we don't allow God to minister and to hold us today, tomorrow will not come in the way that he has ordained it. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Some days feel so hard, oh God. We are hurting, struggling, fighting fear and worry at every turn, it seems like. But Lord, we thank you in the midst of it all. You have not left us to fend for ourselves. Lord, forgive us for doubting at times that you are present. Forgive us for thinking you have forgotten us forgive us for behaving we, that, that somehow we know the better way Lord you are truly fully trustworthy you are all powerful you are able you are Lord over our situation no matter how difficult it may seem you are our healer and will never waste the grief we carry today You will use all things for good in some way, even anything is is possible with you, oh God. Nothing is too difficult for you. Thank you for reminding us of that. Lord, I, I pray, we pray for those who grieve today. Many different levels. We ask for your comfort to surround those who weep. We pray for the peace of your presence to cover our minds and thoughts as you remind us the enemy can never steal us out of your hands. He never has the final say over our lives. Mm-mm. We are kept safe in your presence forever, O oh God, whether in life or in death. We thank you that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. We lay it all down at your feet, oh God. Every burden, every care, believing that it is the safest place for it to be. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your fresh anointing of your unconditional grace, your unconditional love. We adore you, oh God. And Lord, thank you for reminding us that you are the one who stands alongside and helps and you have called us to be Jesus' skin to do the same. We thank you for, for your love and for your grace and for your mercy. In Jesus' name.
1: Is quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice, seas that are shaken and stirred, can be calmed and broken for my regard, through when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Through it all, through it all, my What well, yeah